You're listening to the Jesus Magnet Podcast. We're doing another testimony episode, and we're joined with my good friend, Matt Sizemore. Hey, yo. Hi, Matt. Hello, and Joel. Also, host Todd Kirkwood. Hey. Todd, this is your first time back in quite a while, so it's very good to have you. Yeah, we're back for 2022 in fancy studio. Yep. New boom arms. It's a beautiful thing. We should come clean. <laughs> I feel like I've got deja vu right now. <laughs> like, what else about this studio? <laughs> oh, we recorded like at least 20 minutes of this. Well, we, we didn't record. And yeah, okay, we didn't record. I forgot to push record. I think we only got Matt on here just to pretend that we're doing the podcast. Yeah, so it, it might be going this time. For the next like I'm checking year. it. It's going. Yeah, so it's, it's good. good. <laughs> it's a big read. I'm just leading you on like, oh, it should drop <laughs> any minute now. Like your podcast will be released. Trust yeah. me. And you're like, is that going up yet? Um, so I didn't hit record. So we talked for at least 20 minutes. And then re- I realized... So it's we're just going to deleting it like we did with Marcus's. Sorry, Marcus. Yes. Ooh. So sorry, <laughs> Marcus, <laughs> Marcus McGowan. Actually, Marcus came back and because he did DTS at Wild True. Queenstown. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to show him the new studio. And so he came back and he he's a sound engineer. And so he just gets so excited about this stuff. So he just immediately gets stuck into like all the settings and all this stuff. He sees a roadcaster pro. (laughs) He's in. Yeah. So, uh, he actually like did come back again and readjust all of the microphones. And that's why the fan that we talked about is a little bit less noticeable. So I didn't do that. He did. He again, so he came the first time and he like hooked us up and then we recorded a whole podcast with him and accidentally deleted it. <laughs> and then he came again, didn't record a podcast with us, but he just hooked us up again. So Marcus has come and served wow. us very well twice and we still have nothing to show for it. What a top look. I know yep. he is an awesome guy. So Marcus, if you're listening, come back to Queenstown where we can talk to you in person and record. We will upload it to the website in front of you. you're here. (laughs) Todd will be in charge. (laughs) So, um, yeah, awesome. Well, uh, Matt, we're excited to hear your story. Uh, Yeah, again, I want to make sure I say it on the second podcast, too, that, man, you're one of my closest friends ever. And so I'm just super happy. Hey, thanks. I'm so happy to have you here. And, like, just I know your story and... uh, In and out. That's not true. I mean, not in and out, but I mean, we've known each other for five years and I just like have loved getting to know you. And so I've been, I'm excited now that you get to share your story with everybody else. Um, obviously Todd's never heard it. Didn't ever meet him at before. No, but when you said in and out, it just made me think about in and out burger. burger. I'm really <laughs> hungry now. Have you been to in and out burger? Oh yeah. How good. Wow. There's a, it's not even part of a podcast, but there's a place in Auckland called Better Burger. Same concept, like oh. three choices yeah. of burger. That's kind of fun. That's kind of fun. So if you're up there, <laughs> better burger. I do That's love cool. Auckland, um, even though it's an unpopular opinion. I like Auckland a lot. I love Auckland. If I didn't have to cross the bridge from the North Shore to the other side, I'd, I'd live there. But No bridges Wait, for you. Oh, you'd live in the North Shore. Yeah, I wouldn't want to so live. So you wouldn't live no. in Auckland. No, nah, it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Mayhem. I'd uh, make a better burger. Yeah, true. They do have better burger and they and have taco taco, bell. taco taco, taco taco. If you like tacos, is the best taco place I've been in New Zealand. It's better than Taco Bell. 
Hunter Times. Doubt it. Taco Bell is disgusting. <laughs> is it better than I Taco Medic? Taco Bell. Yeah. What? No way, really? Way better. I love Taco Medic. You get there and there's two people from Mexico cooking and you just like immediately just know. It's authentic. Yeah, they're speaking Spanish. That's awesome. The tortillas are like this big and I'm <laughs> making a hand gesture <laughs> on a tortilla that's eight <laughs> centimeters <small>. wide. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of centimeters, Taco Bell, um, In-N-Out Burger, this could be an American podcast right here. <laughs> this could we be got more Americans podcast. in the room. Yeah. We're talking centimeters very improperly. It's awesome. Yeah, you, you used the thing uh, millimeters before, I and I was like, this is an American using millimeters. <laughs> Dude, I sell so, so many things online that I have to measure everything, and people do it in millimeters instead of centimeters, and it always throws me off. So Trying yep. to try do that. It's like thousands, something will be thousands yeah. of millimeters long. Yeah, and I'm like, or you could put like and it's about the size two of this centimeters. Table. <laughs> I know. How much? So, have, we've gone just, for five minutes and haven't even dropped yeah. the name of Jesus. Oh I reckon goodness. we should crank into it. We should. Jesus loves Taco Bell, he, though. He does. Oh, okay. Want to In and Out Burgers Christian? We are meant to be a temple. Yeah, that is true. Boom. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Huh. They have John three sixteen hidden under the cup. I don't know why they hide it, but it's, it's probably not hidden. It's, it's probably just on the bottom so of the cup. So when you drink, no, it's like it's like on the it. inner yeah. rim. There's a few oh. subtle things. Each of the items has like a little Bible verse like hidden somewhere on it. That's cool. So, Three anyway, verses. yeah, cool. Uh, well, let's just get into it, Matt. Um, if you just want to go ahead and share your story, um, yeah, we're stoked to get to know you, and your story is gonna bless all the who listen to it because yeah, God's done awesome work in your life. So, share with us. Thanks, let's go man. for it. If you were wondering why I was looking at my phone, I was looking to see what the verse of the day is to see if it was John three sixteen. It's not. It's first. Is the verse like in First Peter. When the DVD symbol hits the corner of the TV like that's the John 316 is when the (laughs) everyone goes crazy yeah it's John 316 I was like I wonder could it be today the day we talk about in and out it usually is I didn't even know uh yeah my story though a little round two for the for the listeners out there perfect (laughs) who heard round one shout out to those guys just me and Todd yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so I grew up in a Christian home in the states I was born in a state called uh, Washington, which is on the west coast of America, lived there for a few years, uh, born uh, in a fantastic family. I have two older sisters. Uh, my dad is, or my dad was a pastor, uh, is a teacher now. My mom uh, was a teacher as well, uh, actually not when I was born, but she's a teacher now. And both of my sisters are teachers, so it's kind of fun. My whole family is teachers, and oh. I'm not. Well, kind of a Bible um, teacher. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, sort of. Yeah, it like works both ways. Yeah. yeah, Matt taught a whole week on hearing God's voice when I got to run a DTS. So Matt, teacher, a heck of a teacher, teacher. For sure. So I guess I'm the best teacher in my Shout family out. then, since I don't have a degree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, moved around a little bit though to get back to my testimony. Moved back uh, or moved around in the states from Washington to Indiana, and then kind of landed in Wisconsin when I was uh, about like eight, nine years old. I think we moved the summer I was like eight or nine. So nothing too memorable in my life when I was that young. I did uh, like give my life to Christ when I was pretty young. I can't really ever remember a time where I didn't, I guess, identify as like a follower of Jesus or a Christian. I think the only, I don't have like a ton of childhood memories, but I do remember one story that I'll share uh, from my parents that they always told me I loved dinosaurs when I was a kid, nice. like super into them. Yeah. What like little boy isn't like trying to dig up dinosaurs. But when I was like three or four years old and in like kindergarten, 
uh, Kendi. I have no idea what it's called out here, so I made that up. But I feel like it might be right. Uh, So I was in Kendi. The I just like would play dinosaurs all the time, and I went to this like Baptist. Uh, preschool and they're like real real conservative and I don't think they believed in dinosaurs or something but they approached my parents once and they're like we think Matt like is gonna like he's gonna struggle a lot because he just thinks that he's a dinosaur and we're like we want to let you know that like he's not actually a dinosaur so I think he's like playing dinosaur too much because he believes he's a dinosaur <laughs> so we want to let you know he's not actually a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> your son like he plays dinosaur an unhealthy amount That's so awesome. That's my like one childhood story, like slash memory. I don't even remember playing dinosaur all the time, but it sounds it says like it all, though. when I went to the preschool, <laughs> that's all I did. It's like I'm playing dinosaur. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, it's probably like me, and I was the only person in this tiny, tiny school because I was born in a town that's no longer a town as well. Like it's just that's fascinating. Yeah, it's now a different town that just absorbed it. So that's pretty weird. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, back to my testimony. Enough about dinosaurs and my town being no longer a town, so that's an identity crisis for me. Uh, but when I was like nine or so, moved to Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and my dad was a pastor at a like Christian Reformed Church there, and so got plugged into a Christian school. Uh, started out in like third grade or so, so it kind of was uh, tough. I feel like that's kind of when I can kind of remember. I guess like life getting a little bit tougher for like a third grade because I third grader because I was a bit of an outcast. Uh, even though our school like had a bunch of like different new kids and stuff in my class, I think the year that I started school there, there was like four or five new kids. Uh, but since I was the only one who wasn't from like Sheboygan originally and like didn't know the other kids already, I was kind of just like the outcast, uh, not really a part of the crew, and so. That was kind of tough. And so I'd say from like third grade to sixth grade, that's kind of where my memories are. Uh, Like I had a few friends and stuff, mostly when we were playing sports and people would want me to be on their team. So they would Mm. also be like Matt's new best friend. Uh, But outside of that was just kind of like an outcast and like picked on uh, and all that kind of stuff that happens when you're in like third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, Uh, just tough years sometimes. And so not super fun. And then uh, middle school is when you're like, I don't know, 11, 12, 13 years old, kind of the same, but my class kept on getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So kind of the only memories I have from that time was just like being made fun of, like mm. not really any friends, not really doing much. I had like one best friend who went to, uh, another school. So we'd always like hang out and do everything together, but then going to school was like, no one liked me and just got picked on. So not too ideal for the old morale of young Matt Sizemore. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. I prevailed and made it through as many kids do in middle school. Uh, and then I'd say, uh, my faith became my own, uh, kind of that year, like right after my first year of high school in the States. So when I was about 14 or so, so about a year later or so after that, cause my freshman year in high school was pretty much the same where I still had like some friends, but was still, like pretty shy because growing up I was just a very, very shy kid, like would prefer like being by myself, very introverted, very afraid of people hmm. and that kind of stuff. Cause I figured if I like talked or did anything wrong, then I'd just be made fun of. So being around people who could make fun of me was kind of the last thing I wanted to do. So I was usually just a, a loner. Uh, so then, yeah, kind of got through my freshman year of high school and then 
I remember kind of my first encounter with anyone who I guess like really kind of like talked about the Holy Spirit and that kind of stuff was that summer because I remember like right after school was done, I kind of had a dilemma where I could go on vacation or I could be a camp counselor. And yeah, it's kind of one of those defining stories in my life where the reason I had that dilemma is because a lady from my church was telling, like told me that she had been praying and like asking God for guy counselors for like these uh, young, like eight, nine year olds uh, who needed a counselor at the summer camp. And when she was praying, my name was kind of the one that the, like one of the names that came up. So she was like, okay, cool. I'll, go talk to him and yeah, see what happens, ask him to pray and those kind of things. So I remember Cindy talked to me one Sunday at church and I just remember being like, man, Cindy was praying to the Lord and he gave her my name uh, to be a camp counselor. Yeah. And at that point in my life, I guess, and still now, <laughs> had like a lot of fear of the Lord where uh, I guess my view of God has changed a bit from just kind of like the good cop, bad cop, where you like always want to be on his good side. So that's why you do as many good deeds as you can because uh, that's kind of just how I viewed God where it's just like, man, if I can do everything right, then hopefully bad things won't happen to me. Uh, so I guess my decision kind of spun from that view of God where I was like, man, if God wants me to be a camp counselor, then I should probably go to this camp because if I don't, then like X, Y, Z could happen. Uh, which is a pretty bad view of God, but it's just the view, I guess, that I had when I was that age. But then I went to this camp and it was actually like exactly right, exactly what I needed. Uh, and I remember the first like Monday of worship. So it was like a Sunday to Saturday kind of camp. We were worshiping Monday night and it was like the most joy I'd ever felt in worship or the like most freedom, I guess, as well, because I grew up in a pretty conservative church where we just sang hymns and you just kind of stood up and sat down that kind of stuff nothing bad with hymns mm. uh but there just wasn't a ton of like emotion and like feeling and excitement i guess as well like sometimes there would be but nothing with this uh like worshiping god when you're just with a bunch of kids who are just like shouting jesus's name yeah um, just does something uh and so yeah i remember just kind of closing my eyes and opening my arms and just being like man if this is who you are then like I'll follow you for the rest of my life. Like I'm in, wow. it's like game over. The sun's like, you're fantastic, uh, better than anything I could imagine. Hmm. And so it's kind of in that moment where like everything just kind of broke free in my life. Uh, kind of all that fear of like being around people or like shame of like whatever it might be growing up, uh, just kind of all broke off. And I, yeah, just would say that's kind of like a moment in my life where I became free and I just started walking around with so much more joy and like so much, uh, more of like a lighthearted attitude. Even I started like cracking jokes, making friends, those kind of things. Like the rest of yeah. my time in high school was fantastic because yeah, I just finally gave my life to the Lord and it just broke off all of those fears of man yeah. that I kind of previously had, uh, which is just nuts when you can look at a moment in your life and be like, wow, that's the moment when I said yes to Jesus. And that's the moment when literally everything changed. And I can't even imagine what it would be like if I hadn't had like that moment of freedom yeah. in my life which is really cool. Dang. Yeah. Uh, but kind of continued through high school uh, over the next couple of years, just doing normal high schooler things, getting up to no good, but also like doing lots of Bible studies and like worship nights and that kind of stuff. Uh, my senior year of high school was pretty crazy. Uh, we like all just kind of decided we wanted to worship the Lord and get into Bible studies. Uh, 
So I can remember like this kid named Eric Robinson. We all just called him E-Rob. He kind of had this like moment when he was delivered and that's when he just gave his life to Jesus fully as well. Uh, just kind of that moment of like complete freedom and being like, wow, Jesus is real. I want to follow him uh, the rest of my life. And he was kind of part of that crew that didn't always make the best choices in high school. Uh, so it happens, but yeah, he was kind of part of that crew. And then once he gave his life to Jesus and fully got on board, it kind of just like struck something in the school and it was like the floodgates opened and we kind of just had a mini revival where we'd have worship nights for like two or three hours. Uh, we'd have prayer nights. I can remember what would have been like 2008 then, uh, like that was like a big election in the States. And, uh, I can remember we had like a prayer and intercession thing for, just like all the people whose like names were on the ballot for like president and all those kind of things. Wow. Uh, and we just probably spent like two or three hours like praying for, I think it was like John McCain and Obama were the two like presidential people. And just looking back, I'm like, man, not many high schoolers can have that experience where they just wanted to worship the Lord and, and pray. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Pray for yeah. like two or three hours on a Saturday or yeah. Friday night. Wow. Especially, yeah, was, especially for like your country and stuff like that's yeah. pretty deep stuff that you're, <laughs> you're praying for yeah like pretty crazy stuff so it was definitely definitely the lord just kind of leading us on so it was a lot of fun yeah i loved it high school was a ton of fun especially my senior year just getting to dive deeper in the word uh with people uh, i can remember like one of the monday bible studies that we had it was pretty consistently like a pretty large number of us, but I can remember one, like we had 120 kids in my high school. And so 50, 50 ratio, you're looking 60 guys, 60 girls we had. That's obviously not exactly right, but we had 55 guys there on a Monday just to study. And we were just like, this was like, there were no pastors there were no like official teachers. It was like, we would just kind of break off by grade and then just kind of hang out with each other and like read like a couple of chapters and then kind of like assign chapters for the next Monday and we consistently would have like 40 or 45 guys. Wow. So yeah. Cool. So majority, for sure the majority of the guys at the school were coming to this guy's Bible study. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And high almost a half school. Yeah. Pretty nuts. Just a That's small awesome. like Christian high school. Went to a Christian like, yeah, grade school, middle school yep. uh, and high school. Yeah. So that was my high school experience and kind of, I guess what really shaped me for going to university it was just kind of that like backbone of uh, like Jesus is king and like your faith is your own. Uh, and then got to university and I guess it kind of like, I guess when the rubber hits the road and it becomes real, uh, it definitely wasn't as like gung ho as I was when there was like 55 of my mates getting ready to study a Bible every Monday. Uh, so I didn't do like Bible studies as much and those kind of things, but still like stayed true to like Jesus and those kind of things. Yeah. I didn't ever really get into like the crazy side of university. None of the movie scenes that you see like, in American movies. The house parties uh, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, like, I guess I always like went to those cause I was, a uh, I was kind of the like cruise designated driver for like my friend group. Cause I figured if these guys are going to go and party, then I'll just drive for them. Cause I don't want them to do something dumb and ruin their lives. Uh, but yeah, oh, and before university, I guess is when I went, I met uh, my now wife, Elise, uh, had just kind of a short summer program. It was kind of a three week deal where it was like high school juniors and seniors from all across like the US and Canada. So we had people from like all over America, which is really cool. So I was from Wisconsin, Elise was from Michigan and we met at the seminary where we did 
kind of 10 days of like studying theology and those types of things. Uh, and then went on like a 10 day outreach. And so the outreach team that I was on was the same one as Elise. And we actually hadn't talked until we went on the outreach team. We were like best friends with like everybody else nice. except each other. And then, uh, when we went on outreach to Portland, Oregon, the city of love. Yeah, the, that's where the magic happened. <laughs> that's where the magic happened. Yeah. Nobody says that. Yeah, everybody says that Just about like, Portland. For the Kiwi audience yeah. out there. You're going to have one viewer in, from Portland and they're like, they're this, this like, is the city oh, of love. This is so true. Uh, yeah, so I went to Portland uh, for 10 days, got to know Elise a lot better. Really liked her. She was dating somebody at the time, though, so I was real, real bummed uh, when I heard that. So I was. Just praying to old Jesus, they would break up. It happened. No, that's not true. That's not true. I wasn't praying for that. But the she was dating something, and they like broke up the day after because they'd kind of like broken up, got together, broken up. Uh, and then yeah, so that's kind of how like I met Elise. Wanted to make sure I added that in in there. Uh, yeah, university was fantastic. Uh, met a really cool group of guys. Uh, that I was just homies with for four years. I guess I dropped out after two, but I lived with all these guys uh, who went to the same like university that I dropped out of for another two years. Uh, and meanwhile, Elise, after she graduated high school, she went to college in or university in Colorado. So it was like an 18 hour drive or like a three hour flight. So we saw each other, I don't know, three or four, four times like max per year. And we did long distance for I guess like four years, about well, yeah, four and a half years. Did you guys date for like six, five or six? I think total? I think it was like five total. Yeah. Started dating in like end of two thousand nine. Got married in two thousand in the summer of two thousand fourteen. Yeah. So yeah, so about nice five and a half total of like engagement and dating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then four and a half of that was long distance. Wow. Where we'd only lived. Like when she was still, because she was in high school when I was in my first year of university, uh, she was still like 50 minutes away or so, uh, which isn't like a terrible drive, but it'd be like dating somebody who lives in Glenarchy, I guess, uh, for our Kiwi audience, Queen Sound of Glenarchy, <laughs> or Wanaka, that'd be a cooler place. Uh, yeah, so we never really lived in the same town, saw each other a few times a year, but then uh, in 2013, I moved from Michigan to Colorado. And yeah, I think it's kind of like one step after another of like your faith kind of becoming your own and almost like launch pad each one where it's like high school to university. You're like, all right, this is either like I'm in or I'm out. And then once you kind of move away, like again, from kind of another like solid crew of people that you like get to know who are also all Christians, then it's like, all right, another launch pad to a new place where it's like either you're in or you're out. Uh, and obviously I was in, I went and lived with a bunch of people who went uh, to a Christian university in Colorado. Uh, but really I just wanted to like live as close as I could to Elise. And so we went from like an 18 hour drive to like an 18 second walk. So pretty cute. Sounds great. Yeah. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. We lived around the block from each other. Uh, so that was really, really cool. And then, yeah, I got engaged pretty quick, I think the first like few months of Colorado were probably some of the stretching or like toughest like time where I just like was incredibly stretched like financially. Cause I remember in Michigan, I never like really balled out and made like a ton of money. I had like one good job where I probably made like 35 grand or so in a year, like for the salary. But then I quit after like six months cause 
just wasn't for me. Uh, and then when I moved to Colorado, I can remember, I think I had like 400 bucks in my bank account and my rent was like 250 a month. And so I had $150 after rent and I had like no job. And I think I applied for like two or 300 jobs. And that was probably one of those times where you're just like, Lord, I need a job and no jobs come. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what's going on? And you're like, have I made the biggest mistake in my life? Uh, and then after probably, I probably did like 50 to 70 interviews, I bet. And everybody said no, cause I just moved there. So they're like, well, you're just a transplant. Similar to like Queenstown where you like move here and then you're looking for a job and people are like, sorry, you've only been here for like 16 minutes. I'm not going to give you a job because you'll probably just move pretty soon. Uh, yeah, that's true. yeah, Denver's real similar or was, I guess when I moved there in like 2014 to that. So yeah, I remember I went to a car dealership of all places. I had like no experience in cars or anything, but this place uh, after the interview was like, all right, we like you. If we gave you this job, would you accept it? And I remember they asked me that in the interview and I was like, Yep. I was like, I have no money. So any job is a good job. Uh, so I worked at like a car dealership for a little while. And uh, I guess that's kind of, it's interesting because working at a car dealership got me into like working into sales and kind of the like side of money where all of a sudden you realize you can make like a ton of money selling stuff. And so I'd say that's kind of when I got into like making money is the new number one mm. Uh at that point in my life or maybe like six months down the road. But yeah, I'd say after I got that car dealership job and then somebody at the car dealership job was like, Hey, here's another place that you can work and you can make like ridiculous amounts of cash for not trying too hard. Uh, and that was called home advisor. So I remember, yeah, I left the car dealership and got a job there. And then that was kind of the same summer that I got a job there that Elise and I got married. So that'd have been like summer of 2014. And then, yeah, we had a ton of fun being married uh, and yeah, working as well. Uh, I realized pretty quick that like what that guy said, where you don't have to work that hard and you can make like $100,000. So here I am like 24 years old uh, on pace to make like 100K uh, wow. my first year. Pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And so money just became kind of the idol. Uh, wow. And what life was about was like, sweet, if I make enough money, then I can get cars and I can get a house and like yada 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 top priority yeah the american dream was definitely definitely the top priority and then i can remember probably i don't know this would have been maybe we did dts in january of 2017 so probably like a year or so after elise and i got married so like august of 2015 i can remember her asking me if i wanted to move overseas still and like live anywhere else because we'd kind of talked about that quite a bit in our like when we were dating and all that kind of stuff of just like how cool it would be to move overseas. And like Elisa's always wanted to live in Scotland. Uh, so that was kind of always the dream was to like live in Scotland. But I can remember when she asked me after we'd been married for like a year, if I still wanted to do that, I was like, no, I was like, I'm pretty into yeah. money. I'm pretty into like getting cars. I was kind of groomed to, or being groomed to, uh, get like a job where I could make like twice as much as what I was making and be like a manager, which would be like wow. two, two fifty a year, which is just insane cash for somebody who's like 25, 26. But that's kind of how like easily it almost happens for you to just kind of be convinced that the ways of the world are, are better. Cause you're like, wow, I could just make all this money and have all these things. Uh, 
And then obviously Elise was like super hurt. That was probably the most hurtful conversation I've had was me saying yes to, or me saying like no to the dreams that we'd kind of had for like so many years, which is real sad. Uh, but then she was like, okay, cool. Here's a book that you need to read. And it was called a million miles in a thousand years by Donald Miller. Mm-hmm. Nice. I always forget if it's him or Bob Goff, but it's Donald Miller. Don I think Miller. it's forward by Bob Goff. But yeah. Donald Miller. And I remember reading this book and it was, uh, for those of you who haven't read it, it's about, or I'll spoil it. So sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler Sounds alert. Good. Spoiler alert. If you want to read the book, leave. <laughs> uh, but it's about this guy who kind of looks at his life and he realizes that everything he's doing is almost like meaningless and like he can write really good stories, but his life isn't writing a good story at all. And so he's like, if I was like 40 or 50 years old and somebody's like, Oh, what have you like done with your life? It's like nothing and kind of like meaningless and boring. And I was just kind of looking at my life and I was like, wow, if I say yes to, like becoming a manager at home advisor and I'm 20 years down the line and I'm making 250, 300k a year. Like I just have a ton of money, probably a bad relationship with Elise. Probably don't really know my kids, probably a house and cars, but that's like about it. And I was like, is that something you'd want to tell somebody? And I was like, that's a pretty like gut wrenching thing to look at your life and realize that in 20 years, you probably wouldn't want to tell anybody about what you did with your life. Yeah. And so that kind of changed everything uh, for me. So it was really cool how the Lord used that book uh, and -hmm. just that question by Elise to kind of get me back on track, just like real subtly, but pretty sternly of just like, all right, you're, you're off the track. You're a little too deep into the money game right now. Let's, let's Mm -hmm. pump the brakes in and relax. Uh, That's very Elise too. She's a very like inspiring person, mm-hmm. a very like motivated person who just like wants to get you into the place that you want to be. And yeah. she's like, dude, you have dreams, but you just got to go for it. So yeah, I love that about you both actually. Thanks man. Yeah. She's exactly like that where she's like, all right, these are all the things you want to do and hope for, but why wouldn't you like be yeah. doing them? Like, let me help you along this path. And so, yeah, that book was one of those things that, that was fantastic and now I rave about it anybody who feels like they need a new book to read give it a go uh, it's super worth it mm-hmm. yeah I loved it obviously now we're here because of reading that book which is kind of nuts and a lot of other things but yeah I would say kind of right after that happened would have been like around like Christmas time ish of like 2015 going into 2016 and that was when we realized like man there's got to be more to life than what we're doing uh, kind of like I've been saying, like more to life than just making money and living the American dream, yeah. quote unquote. And so kind of right around that time, we had some friends who were talking about like working holiday visas in New Zealand and how like easy they were to get. Uh, Cause back in the day, like even when we got ours, I can remember, I'm pretty sure I did like a quick little questionnaire online and it was like, you've been accepted to get a year abroad, like working visa. Welcome to New Zealand. Yeah, literally. It was like the easiest thing. Uh, so I remember we had some friends who were like, yeah, let's go to New Zealand. And I remember thinking of that as like, sweet, we could just do like a year long vacation or yeah. something like that. Cause I've been into vacation my entire life. Uh, obviously it's the best uh, work is also fantastic, uh, but I just, vacation is just fun. And so I remember, like thinking that like oh man we could just go on vacation for a year or 
like do something productive. But then Elise and I actually like sat down and we're like, okay, cool. If we are going to do a year abroad, what are some like different things that we actually feel like the Lord is leading us into? Because uh, at this point she was working for a really cool ministry called Young Life. And like we were still going to church, still part of a small group and all those kind of things. So God was definitely still a big part of like our lives. And so, yeah, we just wrote down kind of this list of seven things. Excuse me. Uh, and, or six things, I guess it was. And then just kind of started praying into it. And I guess kind of long story short, we found uh, DTS, I guess, out here. Or I guess first we, because this is kind of a big part, we met this guy who worked for a ministry in New Zealand that like Elise was a part of. So it was basically Young Life. Uh, which is called 24-7. Do you remember what it's called? No, I, I, I forget. It's like a program that's like in a lot of high schools. We yeah. have like friends now who do it, and it's like 24-7 or something like that. Oh, I wish I could remember the name because I'm sure you've heard of it before. Right. But uh, the Young Life had their like 75th anniversary conference in uh, Florida of all places, and we had some uh, supporters who sent us there to go to the 75th anniversary conference. And then I saw that this guy, Mike was like from New Zealand, he was going to be there. And so we were like, sweet, let's meet up with this guy, hear about what God's doing in New Zealand and like, see if it's kind of another, I guess, like almost notch on the road to getting out of the life that we were, we were in. And I remember we sat with, uh, Mike and talked to him for like an hour. And I was like, this is the coolest person of all time. He was like super chill, super slow speaking, just real laid back. And I was like, this guy could say like anything and I'm in. Like I'd go to New Zealand and do whatever. Awesome. Yeah. So it was really cool. Kiwi guy. Uh, he was an American who moved over here. Right. Yeah, sorry, Todd. Uh, another one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but he lived here for like 15 or so years. So this wow. was like definitely his home uh, by then. He went to the same church as uh, Bob... Our trustee Bob Scroggins. Yeah, Bob Scroggins. No way. Bob and, was uh, the pastor there, wasn't he? Yeah, and That's Mike awesome. went to that church. Uh, yeah, so Bob Scroggins knows him. Uh, but yeah, so we had that conversation, and then uh, I guess that was kind of the big, almost like nail in the coffin of like, all right, this is what we're going to do. This is what the Lord is leading us to, because we left that conversation talking to him for like an hour, and then you're just like, sweet, I'm in, let's you're do pumped. it. Yeah, let's get to New Zealand somehow by boat, train, plane automobile yeah. <laughs> at that point i don't think i knew where new zealand was so i didn't even know like new zealand was really a place i'm sorry todd i mean i'm an american and this is like the most american thing i could say i've heard that story from so many americans yeah. like, i thought it was somewhere in england <laughs> <laughs> okay i didn't think that i didn't think that it's like a riddle. somebody yeah somebody told me that and i said you should never tell anybody that and they said it the next day at a big old gathering here in New Zealand. Oh they were speaking. And they're like, oh, and then I said, I did. It was in England. And everyone just ripped into this guy yep. for the next day, like week of this conference. And I was like, I told you not to tell anybody. Yep, I did. <laughs> That's hilarious. Said it on there. I had no idea. There's but a, yeah. There's so a Reddit much. feed 2018. Jacinda Ardern made a thing, get New Zealand on the map. And it was this Reddit feed of people posting like videos of yeah. American TV or movies where it's like a world map and New Zealand's nowhere to be That's seen. actually yeah. true. Very I like, saw like some YouTube thing and there's like video games and stuff and it's got like Australia on there and then that's the end of the map. And you're like... This is the edge of the world. Yeah. And so that's why I growing up, I guess maybe because I was 
getting all my so geography from video games or something yeah. <laughs> and movies and so yeah. i like loved geography as a kid but new zealand i didn't didn't know about uh but yeah, I found out pretty quick. I remember looking it up on Google and seeing like Milford Sound and being like, whoa, this place <laughs> is crazy. Awesome. Like, I'll go there, I guess. Uh, yeah, so that was, I guess, beginning of 2016. And then we heard a really cool guy named Dave Ramsey speak about like getting out of debt. And at that point in our mm-hmm. lives, we had quite a bit of like student loans and those kind of things, uh, which are all paid off now, which is really cool. But yeah, we heard him talk. And so we we're like, we need to get out of debt and figure out how to get to New Zealand. So we were like, got out of our apartment, moved in with like some friends for really, really cheap, uh, in their basement. And then, yeah, just kind of spent the next like five, six, seven months, like praying a bunch, figuring out what the Lord was calling us to and like paying off debt and all those types of things. And then it was probably, I bet like August or so of like 2016, where we kind of landed on, uh, YWAM Queenstown. And when we were kind of, I think it was Elise was like reading through the description of the discipleship training school that we'd end up doing. And it had like all these different like words and phrases that we'd written down of like, these are the six things we want to do with our year abroad. And like a bunch of those kind of like keywords were in the description for the DTS. And we're like, all right, this kind of seems like writing on the wall. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) literally. Like this feels pretty obvious. And yeah, I mean, the, we came out and did our DTS in January of 2017. And I think it also like really opened our eyes to almost like the kingdom, uh, and like the Bible and like those kind of things, uh, not in like a weird way, but I wouldn't say I was like, like coming to DTS, I would say I I was like, yeah, I'm like a pastor's kid. I know a lot about the Bible, all those kind of things. And then you come out here and do a DTS, which I'm sure you do. If you do a DTS anywhere, you're just like, wow, there's all these things that I had no idea about Mm. like character and nature of God or like the Holy spirit was something we like never talked about growing up. So that was like huge, like the miracles, healing, all that kind of stuff. Hearing Uh, God's voice. Yeah. Hearing God's voice, uh, was radical. Yeah. Radical. Where I was like, wow, you can have just a conversation with the old, uh, old Jesus, the creator. Uh, yeah. So it was just nuts. And then we went on outreach to, uh, the North Island of New Zealand did some stuff in, Raglan at a youth camp, which was really cool because I obviously love camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really fun to help out at a, like a family Christian ministries camp uh, in Raglan for oh, a that's week. Where I met you, by the way, was the DTS. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. New yeah. Zealand. That's real. Jill and I did our fun DTS times. together. Yeah. Just a bunch of American shenanigans. Probably the best school ever. That was the best school ever. By far, Jan Fam. <laughs> Not Jan Fam. So you uh, went up to Raglan on the yeah, outreach team. And uh, we went to this camp uh, called Camp Raglan, uh, of all names. But I remember, I don't know, like camps and like those kind of things obviously hold a near and dear place to me. But yeah. this camp was like extra special because I went to like a conservative camp growing up. And then this camp was uh, like very Holy Spirit led. And I can remember like the last day after like worship the night before then kind of the final day is like all right like what was worship like for you uh the night before and it's all these kids who like didn't know who jesus was going to the camp uh, a ton of like foster kids and then uh just like kids who had been in like real rough spots and stuff and so they were just sent here for school holidays and like i remember this girl being like my hands felt like they were on fire <laughs> and I just like holy cow or somebody was like yeah it felt like someone gave me a hug and you're just like this is crazy like it's all awesome. these kids are just like encountering the holy spirit so yeah. Cool. yeah it was just nuts uh 
And so I just remember being like, wow, this is the coolest thing ever. And then we went over to Napier, helped out at his church over there for a bit, and then went to uh, Papua New Guinea. Uh, and yeah, saw the Lord work in fantastic ways over there. Lots of miracles of like healing and uh, deliverance and like food multiplication, just kind of all that stuff. Uh, so that was really cool. Yeah, just a lot of, yeah, it's just crazy when you realize who God is and who the Holy Spirit is and like who Jesus is and yeah, how well they all work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that was our DTS 2017 and then came back uh, or went back to the States for about eight months or so, just kind of work, hung out with family, that kind of stuff. And then came back out uh, to like staff uh, volunteer with YWAM Queenstown uh, in 2018. And then that's my chair. Oh, well, I was like, it? We no, figured it out. I it like eight times, and then I was like, what? Nobody's about down? to barge in. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody's real angry in the parking lot. Uh, but yeah, 2018 came back on staff, uh, and I've been here since then. I've done quite a few different things with, like, YWAM. Yeah. Out here, led an outreach team to the North Island of Papua New Guinea, or the North Island of Papua New Guinea, the North Island of New Zealand, uh, in like beginning of 2019, went back to Papua New Guinea, uh, worked with some of our contacts there. And yeah, I've just kind of seen God show up time and time and time again, also yeah, living in New Zealand uh, as well. Dang. Um, and yeah, this is sort of where, where you've been ever since. And then, um, yeah, I don't know, what, what what do you think was like some of the, stuff that really changed when you came to New Zealand because God was working in like all of these new ways, like Holy Spirit, what were like some of the revelations that you were having that were contradictory to what you, well, maybe not contradictory, but just like totally new. Oh yeah. Uh, I think one of the first times that we did any, I guess, kind of like exercise of hearing God's voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can remember I think it was Dave Barge was the guy's name, uh, was our teacher. And he was just like, all right, I want you to close your eyes. Uh, and it's like, you're in a room. Like, what is Jesus saying to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember closing my eyes and the like room that I'd put myself in was like a jail cell. And the Lord was just kind of like, like Jesus was standing outside of the jail cell and just saying like, let's go, like, let's go. And I was just like, wow, I, like can just get out of this and like I'm I'm kind of put myself in a jail cell and kind of boxed myself in uh and even like almost like boxed like got in and then he's just like no no there's like so much more like let's go there's so much more life out here than inside this like tiny little jail cell wow. and I think that was pretty pretty crazy plus since I kind of told you guys earlier that I'd always kind of seen God as like almost like good cop, bad cop. And it was kind of also just like almost shattering that as well, where it's like, no, I'm not here to just like pin you down to a table and hope that you do your best. And Mm -hmm. if you're wrong, then you go to prison, but I'm actually a lot, a lot better and a lot more than that. Yeah. So that was a huge one. Well, I love that, like this portion of your story. And the reason that I was like, Hey, shout out to me for now. I come in the story here because (laughs) I've actually seen a lot of transformation in you in the last Mm -hmm. five years. And, uh, some of the stuff, I know the money thing was a really big deal, uh, because you and Elise gave up a lot to come here. And, um, when you did, uh, you know, I remember the, the financial difficulty. Well, I mean, we all face it sometimes when you're in YWAM cause you're fundraising your own mm-hmm. money for the ministry and whatever. And then you guys had like a car that was, you know, yeah. trying to be, get sold back in the States. And like, yeah. And then, 
um, after the DTS, you and I kept in touch when we were both back in the States. And then you talked about an experience where that love of money basically just broke off you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then also on, on DTS, you know, uh, you just grew in so much joy. And I just remember like we clicked right away, but I think, uh, probably, you know, halfway or three quarters of the way into the, the school after God had just done so much, I was like, man, Matt just doesn't ever stop like laughing and just like carrying the joy. And like five years later, you're still that guy. Still cracking jokes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so cool. Yeah. And I think the like joy of the Lord is my strength, that kind of like scripture, Mm -hmm. but there's just so many, I don't know, I guess when you're, when you like almost put yourself in bondage or even like thinking of when I was a kid, like eight, nine, 10, 11, up to like 14, you like almost, I like probably almost kind of put myself like self-sabotaged into yeah, like nobody wants to be my friend, like X, Y, Z. And then once there's kind of like that moment of freedom, you're like, wow, there's actually so much more joy that I can have. And like the joy of the Lord is my strength. So like, why, why would I let myself be downcast yep. when there's so much hope mm-hmm. uh, that I had no idea was like actually, actually a part of life until yeah, that. And then like coming out and really learning about like scripture and that kind of stuff. I think that was like one of the biggest things in the DTS was just like all these kind of like scriptures and like topics. People were just kind of like putting like words to these things you'd been like, Oh, I wonder about this. I wonder about that. And they're just kind of like almost answering all these questions. And so it just kind of helps you dive deeper, but then you're like, wow, like God yep. is so good. Yep. Yeah. And even, yeah, all the times that we fundraised, uh, yeah, just realizing like the goodness of God mm-hmm. or like seeing the miracles and all that kind of stuff of like people being healed or mm-hmm. like other people being financially provided for, or like multiplication of food, like when we're in Papua New Guinea and, uh, how did that happen? I was just at this, uh, we did like a kind of like a seminar, like a, I think it was like a two night seminar. And I remember our contact had bought like enough chicken, I think for like our team, uh, which was like eight people probably. And like, I think it was enough chicken for like 12 people to eat basically. It's cause that's kind of what we like figured would be there was like the two people who lived there and then our team and then like maybe one or two random people. Mm-hmm. And then I remember after we all ate the uh, lady who was cooking was like, man, everybody here got a piece of chicken and there's like 30 of us. Oh wow. Yeah. Which is crazy. Cause it was like enough for not that many. <laughs> yeah, geez. yeah. And just being like amazed. But yeah, I just think, I don't know. I feel like miracles are, are so cool to talk about. Uh, like one of my favorite healing ones that I've seen uh, was in Papua New Guinea where this guy hadn't walked in a week. Like he'd met all these witches, uh, and they'd kind of like cast some spells and stuff on him when he was like coming home from like fishing. Uh, Dang. Yeah, doing like some some fishing in the river or something. And he met these witches and they like cast all these spells on him and stuff. And he, he hadn't walked in a week. He'd just been like laying on this mat. And so uh, he was a Christian. And so we just kind of were like talking with him, praying with him. And it was one of those things where it was like, oh, there's like something, something like weird going on here where you can kind of like discern we're like, all right, Lord, like what's, what's the actual deal? And, uh, we just kind of felt like he needed to like, not like profess Jesus as King, but being like, all right, God is greater than the like power of the witches. Yeah. And so we had him do that. And then we prayed for healing over him and he 
like our whole team was like, all right, we know this guy is like healed and he's like, I was like, we, we know you can walk. Like we know you're good to go. Cause his like leg hadn't moved in a week and he was like able to move it and like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like bend his knee, all those kind of things. So we're like, bro, you're like good to go. Just like stand up, pick up your mat. You're good. Cause he was just laying on the second floor of a hut in Papua New Guinea, just sweating buckets along with the rest of us. Cause it's like 8 million degrees. <laughs> Celsius. Kelvin or whatever you use out <laughs> yeah, here. What do you, yeah, what do you get? <laughs> Is Kelvin. it Kelvin? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so we like bounced because he was just Jay chilling and we're like, okay, that's cool. We're like, all right, we know, we know you're good to go. So just like give us a call, let us know. And later that day, one of the pastors from the village called and was like, yeah, this guy's up and walking like nobody's business. Uh, yeah, like he's fine. Come on. Which is just crazy. That yeah. Is awesome. So fun. Uh, yeah, I just think, yeah, I guess kind of going back to that word of fun, that's like one of those things that I'm just constantly reminded of, of like how fun the kingdom of heaven is. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you not be joyful? Yeah. Why would you not be joyful? Yeah. That's awesome. The lame can walk and the blind can see and yeah, food is multiplied. Yeah. People's lives are transformed. People are getting freedom. Dude, including, including yours, man. I mean, it's just crazy to work with you now and, you know, be fundraised alongside of you and knowing that you had such security and money and now you're, you know, you're reaching out to people asking, you know, if they want to be ministry partners with you, but you're also just first and foremost banking on the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that must be huge for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say money is probably the number one thing Elise and I, we're worried about and like definitely me when we were living in Colorado and I was making just like buckets of cash. Uh, mm. and I was always so stressed out and like, cause money is just stressful yeah. when that's all you want. Then you're obviously going to be stressed all the time cause you can't get enough of it and it kind of rules your life. Yeah. But then yeah, coming out here doing our DTS, yeah, giving a bunch of money away and then yeah, being fully fundraised now, even when we like in the years previous, like where we haven't been like fully fundraised have been the least like financially stressful in my entire life. And when we make, wow. yeah, like way less. Yeah. A yeah, lot like less. Half. I think the first year we were out here, we fundraised like 30, 35 grand or so, which is crazy to think of going from like a hundred K to 30. Two person household. Yeah. Like 30, yeah. 35 grand and the 30, 35 grand being the like way better of the two. Yeah. Yeah, it was no, like DTS awesome. was awesome for our marriage. It's like really helped us communicate, like yeah. all those kind of things. And I think that's just why we were probably stressed, or I was stressed in the States as well, because I didn't know too much about the communication game. And you told Pretty me emotionless. The, recently about uh, you guys are debt free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, paid off all of our student loans, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, pretty cool. It's so cool. Yeah, praise God. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Super bold to give up. A life where you're pretty pretty comfortable yeah and striving for that american dream to be sorted mm-hmm. but then for your wife just to be like wow <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy that she was like instigating us to like get out of the game yeah she's like you're not happy and we need to do something else <laughs> yeah. yeah like outwardly you probably seemed happy but like yeah like yeah like you said your money was at the front of your mind yeah constantly to think. always yeah I mean, like, uh, your best interest f- for your family mm-hmm. going forward, you're like, yeah, we'll just make lots of money and then we'll, yeah. we'll do and stuff like, now. Yeah, Whereas have a like, good life. You do the stuff now, live your life. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really bold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, just break out of the mindset. Mm-hmm. It's kind of tough, but Elise knew how. She was like, read a book. You know how to read. Yeah. <laughs> she I did you. learn something in school, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that 3.5 grade average or whatever. Little 3.5 GP- I, GPA. I yeah. couldn't stop thinking of stuff, and I couldn't remember if it was in the first or second podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I kept thinking of right. like, and I was like, do we say that on this recording? Yeah. Or was that an hour ago when we were like, fake podcasting <laughs> when we were fake <laughs> podcasting just round one. Oh, that's yeah, funny that's um well man i'm a, i thanks for sharing your story i'm mm-hmm. super inspired you and elise are both very obedient people thanks man and uh yeah it's it's really awesome so i hope that people get to take example from you just like i do and uh yeah todd what do you think yeah no it's definitely very good to sort of realize that our comfort zone isn't in the things that we have, but mm-hmm. it's in what God provides for us. So yeah. that's definitely what I'm taking away from this. That's real good. Yeah, and how much better life is when your comfort is no longer in things. It just drives you mad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah much more secure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, well, look, man, uh, we'd love to have you on again. We'd love to have Elise on, you know, Maybe so Lucy, she's maybe, pretty into talking. Maybe Lucy. <laughs> yeah, the oh, other side of the story. Another, yeah, the other side. That's another shout out is that, you know, you guys had uh, your first daughter um, a year ago. Yeah. A little, little over a year yeah, ago now. Year. And uh, Inverse. Yeah. Yep, down in Invercargo. Shout out to Invercargo. <laughs> so, no, but it's just really cool. Like, you've, you've hit some serious milestones and, like, mm. yeah, God's faithful in your life, man. Yeah. It shows. So definitely yeah thanks so much and uh we'll see you again soon thanks for joining and uh yeah come back again listen to the jesus magnet we got more testimonies coming up and uh hope you will join us again and shoot us a message on facebook if you um are inspired at all and yeah we've just got some really cool testimonies we want to say thank you guys for and uh yeah god's really moving through this podcast and so it's a privilege to be able to share this with you guys and uh yeah keep shooting in those messages with uh, more stories of God's faithfulness. So thank you, Lord. See you later.